had a sobering conversation with some with a biblical counselor yesterday, and she was talking about her tentativeness and nervousness about recommending a counselee, her counselees, to anyone who is certified as a biblical counselor. She has a long waiting list, and she's trying to serve these folks that's coming to her, but uh, she just talked about a level of incompetency among certified biblical counselors. And, well, that, that's not a new story for me. I've been doing biblical counseling for a long time now, and I've heard her story either from counselors and pastors who were nervous about recommending a counselee to a certified biblical counselor, or the other end of that is I've heard a lot of just terrible stories about counselees who have been hurt, just been damaged by going through the counseling process with a certified biblical counselor. And so I was thinking about, well, I was thinking about what she said, and I've talked about this before, but it is a story that will never go away. And so I thought, well, I need to do a podcast on this because I, before I die, I, I mean, I just want to make sure that I am abundantly clear on a few things, and I do have a strong opinion on this idea of biblical counseling, because at the end of the day, the end result is helping people with their problems, and if there are things that hinder helping people with their problems, I want to make sure that I'm very clear, I'm doubly clear of what some of those issues are and maybe offer a few solutions. And so this is episode 254. The title of this episode is The Repercussions of Being a Certified Biblical Counselor. This is Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. I have a few show notes that are scribbled down here. And if you want to jump on the show notes for episode 254, I want you to. Again, the title is uh, repercussions of being a certified biblical counselor. L- let me start this way. I want you to test yourself. Be as honest and objective as you can. When you think of a certified biblical counselor, what comes to mind? Maybe if you just jot down something. Let me ask you a more direct question. Do you believe a certified biblical counselor is a skilled counselor? And so I'm talking about a person that goes through a training program. Within the biblical counseling world, there are options for a person to receive defined training from an organization, and once completed, they receive a certificate. They become a certified biblical counselor. Certification, this is what certification means. It means the completion of training. You know, like when you graduate from K-5, you get a certification, you get a certificate of sorts. It, it says you graduated K-5, but does it mean that you are educated? And that's the issue. Now, please don't hear in that that I'm saying that certified biblical counselors are, are kindergartners or that organizations train at that level. It's just an illustration. Don't overwork it. But you see, for too many people, here's the false formula. Certification means qualification, and that is the problem. And so when I ask you to test yourself, do you believe a certified biblical counselor is a skilled 
counselor uh, for too many people. And I'm talking about the person who receives the certificate. They go through the training, they receive their certificate, and they say that I am a certified biblical counselor. It, with many of them, they believe that they are skilled at what they do. It's not true. And then many, many counselees, they will say, I want to meet with someone who is certified. And I understand why. I mean, I I, I get why, but if you connect, if you put these three words together, and, and this is what it means to you, certification means qualification, if you put those three words together, and and, and that's what a certified biblical counselor means, well, that's, a potent, that's potentially dangerous thinking. And that's why I call this episode 254, the repercussions of being a a certified biblical counselor. Now, I love discipleship. Discipleship is a basket word. And so you have a basket sitting on the floor. There's a label on the basket, and the basket says discipleship. It's a basket word. And inside that basket are a word cloud of words, as I mix my metaphors here. And one of the words inside the basket word of discipleship is biblical counseling. Now, in many ways, those two descriptors, discipleship and biblical counseling, well, they are identical. But you can also make a case uh, for them being a little bit different, like biblical counseling is a season of intensive discipleship. Now, that's what I call biblical counseling, and so it's discipleship, but it is a season of intensive discipleship where a person, an individual, a couple, a family, where they pull out of their normal discipleship processes within their local church, for example. They pull out of the normal track, discipleship track that they're going down as a family or a couple or an individual, and they set aside an intensive season of discipleship called biblical counseling, which could be, it could be one and done, honestly. It could be three, it could be six sessions, 12, it could be even extended uh, more than that. To become a biblical counselor, you typically receive training, though not every person goes through a training program. There's not a there's not a Bible rule out there that says, well, it, it, it doesn't even talk like this. This is all stuff that we created, and it's not necessarily a problem. I'm not saying it's a problem per se, or it doesn't have to be, but this is all stuff that we created. And so you don't have to have any training whatsoever to be a formalized biblical counselor. And maybe I should state that uh, at the outset here. The kind of person that I'm describing here is a formalized biblical counselor, because biblical counselor itself, because it can be synonymous with discipleship, and so in one sense, everybody is a biblical counselor, and that's an accurate statement. But in this episode, 254, I'm talking about a specific individual, a specific stripe of biblical counselor, and I'm talking about a formalized one, a person who has received training, and they have the skill set to sit with somebody in this intensive discipleship moment for one and done, three weeks, six weeks, 12 weeks, or more. And there are several organizations that offer training to teach Christians classical knowledge about biblical counseling. And what I mean by classical knowledge is 
like going to college and receiving theory, receiving education. Most of this training is just straight-up classical knowledge, like a college, because it's hard to have a practicum attached to your classical knowledge, to the theory that you are learning. And so the bulk of the training that a person would receive is classical knowledge or classical intelligence or classical theory. And there is, again, there is some practicum with some of these training organizations, but again, the bulk of the training is knowledge-based. It's vital It's vital that you know that no organization can make a competent biblical counselor because they cannot go much beyond the perimeter of exporting classical knowledge to them. And, of course, that is the problem. If you are a prof in a college and all you can do is export classical knowledge to the student, that is the perimeter. That's pretty much the perimeter, and you can't go beyond that or much beyond that. And because of the limitation of a certifying organization, meaning dispensing or exporting classical knowledge almost exclusively, well, there's no way that certification could equal competency. There's no way that certification could equal high-end formalized biblical counseling skill set, because the training doesn't do that for them. If you ask most any believer what a certified biblical counselor means, they will tell you that it's a person trained in biblical counseling. And you're welcome to test my thesis. Just ask 10 people that know what biblical counseling is. I mean, they've heard the term, not just 10 people random off the street, even though that might be an interesting test as well. The assumption is that training equals qualification to be a high-end formalized biblical counselor. Now, because of this, there are two adverse things that may happen. One, the person with the certificate, they may think that he or, or she is competent to do formalized biblical counseling. Perhaps they've gone through the training and they, re, they became a certified biblical counselor, and on their best day, they can just become great friends with someone who can bring a measure of soul care to someone. But every certified biblical counselor cannot be competent. And the second adverse thing that could happen if you have the assumption of this false formula, training equals qualification, the second thing, the person looking for counseling wants someone certified because they make this false formula connection. Certification equals qualification. There are too many instances where the certified biblical counselor does more harm than good. And so I just want to be as clear and direct as possible. The problem is that some certified biblical counselors hurt people because they are not good at what they do. 
Every biblical counselor who has been doing it for a while knows this. Many biblical counselors and pastors are nervous about recommending a counselor because they know it's a massive problem within the body of Christ. And though many of these organizations try to be clear regarding the extent of the training they offer, its recognition and admission about the limitations are not enough. Just to say, because if you go to a training organization and you ask them the certification equal qualification or competency or skill set, oh no, it just means that they've completed the training. All I would imagine, I mean, I haven't asked the question to be honest with you, but I, I'm, I'm thinking the, I'm, th- I'm thinking charitably here that all of them would would admit the limitations and say, no, the certification means that they've gone through our training. The damage that we biblical counselors have caused is too extensive. It's not good enough to say, quote, we tell folks that they only receive training and it doesn't equate, equate to qualification or competency. The burden is on me. The burden is on us, biblical counselors, to do better. We must be more outspoken with our messaging, like this podcast here. We should communicate this worldview on our websites. We must press this message into every student's mind. If a person receives a certificate for being a certified biblical counselor, and they think they are competent to do biblical counseling, there is a failure somewhere. And that's why I'm being clear, because I don't want that in my lap. The people who receive biblical counseling are too vital to me. The counselees are too vital to me. And they need competency. They need skill. They need people who actually know what they're doing. And it's not as relevant to what initials they have on the other side of their last name. Now, we have a training program here. We call it our Mastermind Program. It's a self-paced program. It, it covers three critical disciplines, which have to be part of any, any excellent training program. It covers theology, sanctification, and practice. You could use the word psychology there for sanctification, psyche, the the study of the soul. And and so we teach them theology, the study of God, which is more than theology proper. It's the whole corpus of ST, of systematic theology. We teach them sound theology because that's the basis or foundation of all sanctification. And then we teach them theory, sanctification, or psyche, the, the study of the soul. We teach them about the soul, sanctification, and then practice practice. And so those are the three areas that we train our students. And our supervision team cooperates with the Lord and with the student to help them to fill up their God-given capacity to do soul care as we subjectively understand how the Lord has gifted them. And so if we had 10 students come to us, all 10 of them will have different size cups. One would come with a 3-ounce cup, another would come with a 16-ounce cup, another one would come with a 7 and an 8 and a 9 and a 10 and 11 and 12-ounce cup. All of them will have different size cups because they have different size or different capacities. And so what our supervision team does is we cooperate with the Lord and the student to help them fill up their God-given capacity to do soul care. What we don't do, and a lot of training organizations do this, is they do buckshot training. 
meaning you can go to the, the 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 conference you can go and get the modulars and they can they can run 10 20 40 50 100 people in a room and just buckshot the training to them and and that is a that's a passive way for a person to receive classical knowledge and there's it doesn't have to be anything wrong with that per se but we walk alongside our students every step of the way and of course, that's a model that's built to be small because it's labor intensive on our side. But here's the thing. I have never told a student that when they finish our training, they will be able to counsel someone competently. I would never say that to a student. And our supervisors, I trust they've never said that. They better not have said that. <laughs> the truth is it would be arrogant. It would be arrogant to hold that promise out to anyone that comes into our program. It kind of reminds me of James 4 when he says, uh, what are you going to do tomorrow? I don't know. I mean, we're going to go in. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. James says that was arrogant. And I, I think in a certain way, it would be arrogant for any teacher, trainer, supervisor, whatever you want to call that person to say, if you go through our training, you're going to be a, a you're going to be a certified biblical counselor, and that equals uh, you you have the skill set to be able to competently counsel other people. We would never say that to a student. I have no idea who this person is. I have no idea how God has gifted them, their ability to consume classical knowledge and translate it into original knowledge, original intelligence, their own unique gifting to be able to translate classical knowledge in such a way that they can customize their soul care to the person that is sitting in front of them. Some people have the ability to do that because they have a very large capacity, have a large glass jar, a large cup. And then some people come to our training and they have about three ounces. Praise God, they have three ounces. And the other person has eight. Praise God. But that person is not going to be a certified biblical counselor in the sense that they have the God-given ability to do high-end formalized biblical counseling. They just can't do it. And it would be arrogant to say that. And so what we do, the way we teach our students, is by the letter V, as in victory, to communicate this idea. A person comes into our training at the bottom of the V. Everybody comes in the same door. But where the training takes them to the top of the V, well, that's only in God's mind. And it is so varied. Some people head off in this direction. Some people head off in that direction. Most organizations, as I understand them, teach or, or at least imply an upside-down V. Flip the V over. It's upside-down. The point's at the top. You come into the program, and you'll be a certified biblical counselor. Now, whether they do that ignorantly, innocently, or intentionally, that's the message that most folks believe. The false formula, certified biblical counselor, that they are competent. That is so dangerous. All right, so what's the solution? Well, part of the solution is to understand what makes a, a competent biblical counselor. I want to give you three aspects that we use, that we use to examine the person in front of us. They all start with the letter C. They are character, capacity, and counseling. I also have an infographic inside these show notes that gives a word cloud for each one of these words, character, capacity, and counseling. Again, it's episode 254, the repercussions of being 
gain a certified biblical counselor. And so as we try to cooperate with God and the student to discern how God has equipped them and their skill level, we look at these three areas, character, capacity, and competency. Character means, and again, there's a word cloud here. I mean, it means a lot of things, uh, purity and maturity and uh, integrity. For example, integrity One of the things that we look for is that the person is practically applying their counsel to themselves, and they are humbly living it out. And so they're actually living out the very message that they are messaging to those whom they counsel. And so character is very important. Of course, we have a lot of interaction with our students, and so we see their character on display. Again, the big deal here is the end product, the end result. The end result is that person sitting in front of a counselee sometime in their future and helping them. And if they are a low-character person, and I'm just using one descriptor here out of the word cloud, I'm using integrity, they're not applying it to themselves. Well, that's poor integrity, and that's not the kind of person that I would want to say as a certified biblical counselor. The second one is capacity. Again, there's a word cloud here to talk about capacity, intellect, education, cognitive insight, analysis, understanding, and so there's many things, analytical skill, memory recall. Here's the thing under capacity. This is where you get to the size of cup that a person has. (laughs) This is going to blow you away, but here it is. People are not equal. Don't tell, don't tell the culture that. People are not equal. No training can bring all people to the same outcome. Impossible. If you put eight people in starting blocks and a 100-yard dash, they're gonna, there's going to be eight different outcomes. And... That's because they have eight different capacities. People are not equal. Don't tell anybody that. And then number three is uh, competency, character, capacity, and then competency. And so one of the words that I will use in this uh, word cloud is is the person— being able to learn their craft, the application, the application of their craft. If you think of becoming—now, this is a little— this there's a little complexity here because competency is a it's like a living document it's not codified in that you write it and there's nothing ever added to it again competency is like a living document and so if you think of becoming competent at biblical counseling like becoming competent let's say like any other discipline then you'll understand it Competency. You'll understand competency. A major league baseball player did not get to the big leagues by going through two years of certification training. No. It's repetitions, and it's decades. Malcolm Gladwell talks about 10,000 hours to become proficient at something. That's a fair statement. And so competency is not codified and uh, but it's a living document. So character and capacity, in fact, character and capacity are not codified either in, in fact that they cannot change, evolve, and grow. In fact, you better be able to grow in your character. Most certifi- uh, certifying organizations do not have adequate training to discern a person's competency level. For example, ACBC. I'm a fellow with ACBC. They have you doing 50 hours of observed counseling. 
Good idea. It's a good idea, really. And what it means is that typically a student will counsel someone, they'll do a counseling session, they'll fill out a report, and they will meet with their supervisor to discuss it at some later date. But that is very problematic. It really is. It's like the married counselee who comes into counseling without his wife, and he tells you about how, how his marriage is going. Is that adequate? Of course that's not adequate. That, that's the husband telling you about his marriage without his wife there. And so a trainee, he has a counseling session with someone. He fills out a report, and then he shares his opinion to his supervisor, who is typically off-site. Now, again, I'm not knocking it per se. I'm just saying that that's weak. But that's the best, at this point, the best they can do or have decided to do. And and I'm saying that because, again, I'm a part of ACBC, so this is my organization that I'm critiquing. The other weakness of this type of supervision, I want you to think about this. You see... Even if you were supervising the person while he was counseling, say you were sitting on the other side of a glass and you, you were watching him counseling, uh, counsel rather, that's still kind of an artificial construct. You can't get an accurate bead on any person in this type of setting. And what I mean by that, it, when you're trying to discern a person's character and capacity and competency, it's not just them sitting in an office counseling somebody, even if you are observing him. I want to see our students interacting with their spouses. I want to see our students interacting with their children, if they're married and have children. I want to see our students in other environments, not just a counseling-controlled setting. I'm looking, I want to see them in those pneumatic moments where they can't orchestrate the outcome and control the narrative. I want to see the kind of person that they are because I want to get the best possible snapshot of their character, capacity, and competency. And so just observe, even if I did observe them in a counseling session, in my view, that is inadequate. What I'm describing and what I'm recommending to you well, there's a there's a precedent for this. This is how Jesus trained his students. He lived with them, walked with them. The most effective way to do this is for the local church to equip these potential leaders. Minimally certification, it, it should have like say a bronze, a silver, and a gold platform. Because again, certification or being certified is a living document because you grow into certification. You don't gain it as far as being competent because you have completed the training. I'm just presenting a worldview here. You don't have to have gold, uh, bronze, silver, and and gold, but you do understand the idea. My idea my appeal is is for those who are leading counseling training organizations is to collaborate. We need to collaborate together to clarify the messaging and then so that we can offer a different kind of product, a different kind of student. And, and that student, that product would have at least two components. Here's one. The student has a basic understanding of his gifting which will give him an idea of his strengths and weaknesses and limitations. This may shock some of you, but some people come into biblical counseling 
training because they have selfish ambition. They want a title. They want a job. They want letters on the other side of their name. That's selfish ambition. And you need to be able to, to discern that. And, and so the product that you want to turn loose on the world is that this student has a basic understanding of his gifting. He knows his place. And it will give him an idea of his strengths, weaknesses, and limitations. And then number two, there is a way to examine the graduate, post-graduation, as he practices his craft, because he will grow with the repetitions, which mean he will be a, he may be a qualified, certified biblical counselor at some future day, but he will not be one when he walks away from his training with a certificate with a certificate at the counseling conference that he went to to pick up his certificate he will not be a qualified certified biblical counselor if you'd like to talk about some of these things i would love to talk to you please make sure you uh, read the show notes, episode two, episode 254. If you're interested in training, we'd love to talk to you about it. Anybody can receive the training. Outcomes to be determined. And we would love to come alongside you and help you through our Mastermind course. Uh, anyway, other way that we can direct you as far as a pastor that you want to uh, talk about setting up a, a discipleship counseling ministry in your local church. We'd love to be able to consult with you. Whatever way that we can serve you, it would be our joy to do so. All you have to do is ask. Again, this is episode 254, The Repercussions of Being a Certified Biblical Counselor. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.